I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. Boys, we are here to ranch. James, we have to do justice before just sliding right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What on earth? I don't have an option. Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. All right. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is Wednesday, December 17th. And I have a sneaky suspicion Patrick's going to forget to post this episode on time this week. Uh, Regardless... Regardless of day, we've got a great episode for you guys. We got games of the week, uh, one long one, a couple quick hitters, some top segments that you all know and love, and a decade themed wrap up or taking care of business. Speaking of taking care of business, stonks, Patrick. We are halfway through the season and three game weeks away from determining our stonks winner. Uh, our analytics department hasn't gotten back to us on who's in the lead, but uh, what does your gut say? Because at Prem Prem, we're all about gut instinct and mm. just speaking before thinking. Mm. I, I'm i going to say I think Andy's going to pull it off. I think he's he's the uh, he's the lead horse. And I, I, though he slipped a little bit, I think he's going to surge up. But uh, but what about in this in this finite period from when we started? Oh, yeah, Stop. no, I think, you I think, think it's... You, you still think Andy? I think Andy's got a wave coming because he, he learned the transfer. He had Montreal on his team when Stonk started. That's true. I think when we raised the stakes, he had to up his game like any true um, master of an art. Yeah. yeah. I uh, Let's just say I'm concerned if that's the case. We'll have to revisit our code of ethics. Yeah. Well, we I'm haven't, not yeah, we haven't checked that, that book out in a long time. <laughs> so many war crimes. Yikes. All right. First, <laughs> what a great transition to Solar.com. <laughs> <laughs> If you love Prem de la Prem, you know Solar.com is going to give you the three best quotes customized for your home from local installers. According to the Department of Energy, ever heard of it, Solar.com uh, quotes will average $2,800 lower than going to installers directly. But if that's not enough and you need a little something to sweeten the deal, just go ahead and supply the code PREM19 over the phone and tell them the goal of the decade hasn't happened yet. That little anecdote will earn you $250 off a purchase. Code valid through the end of the year, at which point we will need to think of a new code. So register at solar.com to start your solar project today. Patrick, I know we like to do our uh, picks of the week for these games, but I cannot imagine any other place to go than your beloved Arsenal at the Emirates against the Manchester City. Was Was this your pick? Um, it was my pick, but I, I am fairly certain it was the game of the week. Yeah, I suppose. Do we all see that? Do we all see it that way? Maybe in theory, maybe it was supposed to be, um, from a, from an outside looking in. Well, I'll tell you what, um, storylines, let, let me pose it to you in a question. Who had the better masterclass that day? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne or Lee Dixon on the mic? Ooh. Um, I'll, I'll go uh, Kevin De Bruyne because for like that's just it's just standard Lee Dixon, honestly. Oh, really I don't is. know. I think if uh, you know if Lee was a painter, that was his Mona Lisa. He that was his magnum opus. He it, all all five stages of Lee showed up that day. It was a beautiful. It was it was the only thing that was bringing a smile to my face. 
was just listening to him. You, because he's one of us. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, it. I, I wish I had more foresight when we watched that game together. You were not enjoying it, but it was like you weren't angry, so I couldn't balance off of that. You were just like sad and accepting, and I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you I got it out of there. Show, I thought about showing. I thought about showing myself out a couple times. You, you, you were. You didn't stay long. Right after the game ended. <laughs> oh, I well, uh, that's, that's uh, my Uber's here. James, you drove. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's only it's only ten thirty. You don't want to hang. Well, no, it uh, was it was I, it was um, a result. I think that or it's not the result. It's the performance, right? You know, a three nothing result in a different performance. I feel a lot differently about that Arsenal side. It yeah. was the performance, and yeah. Uh, but I, I think it was something that every Arsenal fan, if you're like really being honest with yourself. You you fear that going into just about every game. You don't know when they're just going to lay a complete egg, and when they're playing a team that has the class. There's there's a a gulf in class. Uh, yeah. They they can't make it up. You know if they, if you do that against an Aston Villa, no disrespect, and go down a man, you still have that class. And if they you know, they they might give you opportunities, but against City, mm-hmm. it's just an embarrassment. It was the most apathetic second half, the half of football, really for either team. The second uh, half was, was the, a one of the most the equivalent of like a, a walkthrough training drill before the game. You know, it was it was walking pace. It was a sad second forty five minutes to watch, not to pile on. So I want to bring it back to you know the first ninety seconds to two minutes where Arsenal actually started with their most dangerous attack of the day, um, and and could have scored through Martinelli, and then they ended up conceding to that De Bruyne wonder strike. And when that sets the tone two minutes in. Um, it starts to set in what kind of day you might have because Arsenal can play that game of like, we'll attack and not defend and maybe win. Uh, but when you've got the clinical nature of these players on the other side, it, it's definitely a tougher prospect. And but for Burnt Leno, it, it could have been more. Yeah, I mean he's uh, absolutely fantastic. You know, you, you I, I always tell you the uh, leader, the leader in saves in the year is going to finish right around ten. And that's yeah. right where Arsenal um, is, and that's he's just getting absolutely pelted, and there's not much he can do. Like what? Not, I don't think he could have done anything. On any not for things. nothing. If if you're looking for a silver lining, you have made me buy into your Leno take. He is yeah. without a doubt. Uh, ooh, top five? Yeah, top five keeper. Yeah, I think he's I think he's grossly underrated. Uh, but I think yeah. he's actually starting to get his recognition because people are like, "Holy shit, this Arsenal team's horrible." Yeah, and he's it's and, and the attention. save on De Bruyne was uh, was a world class save when he pushed onto the post. Yeah, um, deny that hat trick. And yeah. uh, <laughs> it, he would have gotten his first yeah. hat-trick in the same day De Bruyne got his first Premier League brace, which is yeah, shocking. Yeah, blew my mind. Absolutely yeah, blew right? my mind. Um, let's talk, first of all, Kolasinac got injured, which you never want to see, or do no. you? And then, well, that's the a day um, or a game removed from Tierney dislocating his shoulder and being out for three months as well. Yeah, well, um, I, I wasn't trying to have a go, but... Uh, oh, no, I'm not. I no, I was, no, I was just right? going to yeah. say... Are you are you upset that Kalazanac is missing? Maybe we'll I get maybe Andy's yeah. I thought he's been fine. Maybe Andy's fantasy team will get a little boost and Monreal can come back in. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, that would be it. You know, it, I I don't I don't think Arsenal's problem is quality. I think that you know you give up a goal two minutes into the game, you got to be tougher than that. Like they never, with the exception of probably just Martinelli, I don't think that anybody was interested in playing that game uh, yeah. from the start. And it's when you get hit like that, that gut punch. Uh, yeah, I mean, who, who are you turning to? It's the 18-year-old kid. That, mm-hmm. And that's, I think that says more about Arsenal than, 
than anything. And you know, there's there's a lot of things that Arsenal needs to fix. It looks like they're headed down that path, but they got a they got a tough job ahead of them. And yeah. I think that if they want to succeed, you're going to have to see a lot of things change. Yeah, let me pose this to you. We talked. Uh, you made a good point about looking at the result versus looking at the performance, mm-hmm. and uh, this was one where the performance was really clear to see. There's a flip side of the coin with City in in the regard of it was a commanding result. But in terms of the performance, when Guardiola got post-match interviewed, uh, he had a pretty brisk response when someone said, uh, Pep, this is your best result in a while. You must be pretty pleased. He was he laughed it off. He said, are you serious? A blind man can see that we played better against United. And to that, I say, do you agree that City maybe didn't play that well and um, it was more about Arsenal than than the way City played? Or do you think they're just such a good clinical team that they were always, like, you know, one step ahead? I mean, I think it was Arsenal's ineptitude. They're kind of just giving in um, to the early goal. You mentioned that Martinelli chance. That was the only shot they had on target, Arsenal. They didn't Ah. put City under any pressure all game. It makes Uh, sense when you say it, but I did not know that. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's just atrocious, and and it was, you know, you can't. This was in in and I, I was saying this during the game. This isn't, you know, like revisionist history, but it, they just let the opposing team every single game get to within thirty forty yards of their goal without any sort of stress, none. And if there's anything on the break, you're going to get away way closer, and you're going to get a pretty good shot. But even when you're completely behind the ball, if you're playing the ball out of the back, you can get thirty forty yards from Arsenal's goal without any sort of pressure. And teams know that mm-hmm. Arsenal can't break that pressure. And so mm-hmm. Arsenal can't even get to the midfield line without pressure. And so you just it's you're stacking the deck against yourself and then when you play a team like City who's just so damn good, you're just asking for it. You ask for them to play on the break and Callum Chambers gets beat and a ball comes across Kevin De Bruyne like 12 yards from goal as good of a finish as it was, you're asking for trouble if you do stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. they do that. It's just other teams don't aren't as clinical, aren't as ruthless, and that's why Arsenal plays these crazy like three two games when shit's just going off the wall. It's not much different than the way they played this game, and I think City just did a job, really. You know, I mean, right. and, and again, I think is De Bruyne's class is 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 undeniable. He's the best player in the league for me, and I think he showed that. Mm-hmm. I he's a joy to watch play. Like, I was taking the the I was taking joy watching him play because I was just like resigned to the good. Arsenal result, and he's mm-hmm. just that good. Uh, but, oh, yeah, best I, and, player in the league. Let's not apply pressure on him. Let's see what happens. Oh, I don't think it's pressure. I think he's. I think he's like the Kawhi Leonard of football. I think he's a robot, two footed. No, I'm, I'm talking about everywhere. like uh, Arsenal, like not bringing pressure to him in the midfield, like so crazy. Oh, oh, oh sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but I do. I, was, I do I was also ready agree to with your take, Kawhi. James. Yeah, I, I agree with your Kawhi analogy. No, yeah. I'm not coming at you. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to look ahead to better days, but first I have to ask because I don't know, you know, watching that game with you, uh, seeing how the mentality is almost greater than the tactical um, application on the field. It's almost like you can't just give Arsenal a new set of tactics to learn. It, it, it comes from a deeper mm-hmm. entrenched mentality. Is this, as a fan, where does this rank as far as low points? Um, obviously, sitting mid table, I think. This happened with United when we were there, and the way the table's shaping up. The relegation talk is ridiculous. Um, a decent amount of points off of fourth place, but if you get the right manager in at the right time and you get 
the bounce. You you know, fourth place isn't totally out of the question. But my question being, is what where does this low point rank for you as far as being an Arsenal fan? Um, I mean, it's obviously a low point. Um, but I think that Arsenal have probably been deluding themselves for a number of years for um, thinking that they were you know, good enough to compete for a title. And in those years that it did open up, they didn't take advantage of it. Um, but, you know, they, I think Arsenal tried a lot of short-term solutions over the last last decade or so. And mm. you got little kind of boosts, little flashes of this, little little that. But they didn't, they've never hit a reset button. And I think they're overdue to hit a reset button. And if that's the direction that Arsenal want to go, I can support it because I just don't see them getting out of this, like, will they, won't they phase without resetting that mentality and you know just kind of restructuring uh, right. restructuring the entire organization really right. it's a 22 consist- year manager it's just, the it consistent takes, it takes delusion to, yeah i know that's tough i mean there are some really great parallels you can draw when you're always just like two or three signings away from a title challenge it's a scary mentality and place to live in right i mean it's like you look at um just look at some of their signings obama young and the and Mick is Harry January. in yeah. January, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lacazette, Pepe, they're they're making these big splashy moves, and then what are they doing on the defensive end? They get a. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, we're putting all of our hopes in William Saliba for he's next not year even at the club. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not in the club. He's 18, and like you want to have like yeah, it's 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 fun. We bought a defender for 35 million. Like I really hope that he's like that guy, you know. But you, we don't know that, um, and and that's just like kind of how bleak it is when. It just doesn't seem like there's a strategy to how they're building the team. Um, they seem to be willing to spend, which is nice, but uh, I'm looking forward to kind of a little bit more clarity and organization around the team. That's been missing for quite some time. Sure. And yeah, I'm, and, I'm, yeah the mentality is like, I mean, he's my boy. He's part of the reason I became an Arsenal fan. Uh, but, I mean, the Mesodos were being uh, taken off this past week. Without saying fuck off to the fans, there's no difference from what him and Granite Xhaka did. And it's... Yeah, it's the exact uh, same. Yeah, and, and, and Xhaka's frustration boiled over to the fans, but uh, in terms of your behavior toward the club, it's it's the... And, and kind of your commitment to the cause, it, there was there was no difference to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we always say no player's bigger than the club, and I think that if it wasn't clear before, it is now, and it's, it's, it's his time to go. Yeah, and you've you've pretty much said it. I mean, this Ozil thing and the Jaka incident really, really complements this idea well, and I, I've been there myself personally thinking about some of the results this season. You'd almost rather want your team to be shit and trying really hard versus the situation you're in right now, where you've got some really quality players, but there's just such a disconnect with their aptitude on the field and, and, you know, the idea of playing for the badge. We, do you, do you feel that way as well? Yeah. I mean, we, who's, who's the leader? Who's a leader on Arsenal? Who's Mr. Arsenal? Other than Gunnosaurus. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, well, Aaron it's Ramsey, was the, last, Aaron thought, Ramsey yeah. was the last chance. Post and, Ramsey. I thought it was yeah. going to be David Luiz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah, right. His, his just at. performances are too shocking. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I think, I'll, I'll be interested to see who gets the armband under um, under Arteta. It seems like that's getting announced on Friday. Spoiler, uh, but, yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 for 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 me at this point, it's 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 Leno. I think he's the only person who's outright earned it. Out like 
Can you see just how like an- annoyed he is every time he get concedes? Because he's standing on his fucking head and he can't get anybody to help him out. Yeah. That but. is one of the all-time tropes in sports. Uh, the player on a shit team who's just like carrying the load. Yeah. Uh, and this this time it just so happens to be Leno. Uh, you mentioned Arteta. I'm about to get there. In oh, between. Sorry. I've got I was Mr. trying to skirt around it. I was. No, I know. And you did a great job. I made it pretty job. far. I mean, we, we made it, I don't know, what? Like 16 minutes without the A word? The Arteta word? Mm-hmm. I think that's the A word. I got a Mr. Brightside for you. There is art on there. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, sorry. Continue. Here we go. Silver lining, Mr. Brightside. Here it is for you. You don't need to tell me anything. I'm I'm just feeding it to you. Freddie Lundberg not getting a full-time job means you don't have to watch a club legend deteriorate and blow up from the inside out. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Nice. I hope he stays on the staff. I hope they don't bone him. But he was – he – I – what was it? Three weeks. That was a, it, I'm. I was I was here for the Freddie Eunberg era, and I was about it. Uh, you can tell your you can tell your kids that. Yeah, I mean he, he got a win, <laughs> which I think is special uh, for him. Uh, I liked that he called out the board. He wasn't afraid to call out the board. He called out the players to the board. He said there's mm-hmm. about half of those players don't give a shit in there. Mm-hmm. And I mean the, he he was he was painfully honest, and I think he was he he was biting his tongue until he was in a position where he felt it was appropriate to speak. And he spoke, and the board didn't even give him a backroom staff, which speaks to, I think, the fact that this was always going to be a temporary appointment. Um, and maybe it was always going to be right after the City game. I don't know. Um, but it kind of seems like um, it kind of seems like they never really had plans for him to stay long, so I just hope he stays as an yeah. assistant. Yeah. It feels like Freddie Yunberg is the two-weeks-notice employee version of a manager where you know you're <laughs> on your way out and you're just like – Oh, the invoices aren't lining up. Deal with it, Carol. I'm <laughs> yeah, out. He was he was having a laugh with Pep after the game. He was like, "You know, I'm getting your boy, right?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he was shit, right? Yeah. I mean, he seemed. The, the, I mean, the fans. The fans were at the game that they won. The fans were chanting, "We love yeah, you, Freddie." Ev- everyone game. knows what it is. There's no illusion of the full time job. The pressure's yeah. off. You know, he's just trying to. They make chanted. Ends meet. They were. Uh, they were. Tra- they were chanting, "Freddie, it's not your fault." At the city game, so it's like. I mean, it's. No, if there's an Arsenal fan who's got anything to say about Eumberg, they're not an Arsenal fan, as far as I'm concerned. That could be the sequel to the Scotty doesn't know chant. Freddie's I mean, it needs a sequel. It needs a sequel. Freddie, it's not your fault. And we'll give it to the guy at uh, at Rocco's. Yeah. Talk about okay. club legend. Yeah, right? I mean, just ship him over to Old Trafford in a box. <laughs> let's talk uh, Let's talk Arteta. Yeah. How are we feeling? I feel great. I, I, you know, and I think that part of it is um, the the direction that I think it sends, sends the club. You know, there's uh, – Emery was a conservative choice. He was an experienced manager – Manage big clubs, manage big names, won trophies, won the trophy that they were probably most out to win uh, when they appointed him. And it didn't work. And the appointment of an Ancelotti, or if they were to try to woo a Valverde, or even Mm -hmm. a Rafa Benitez, that Mm -hmm. is, that is a, um, those are band aid appointments. And those are appointments where you think that you're close. I think so. I think that those would be like band-aid. Appo- I mean, how long do those managers last anywhere? Like, I mean, I think that what that Benitez says to me is the cornerstone. I mean, take away Real Madrid because they have their own issues. He's the cornerstone of a stable, like a manager. Yeah, well, I think he's. Stability. I think that. I think that the, the, the maybe that's the 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 wrong word. I feel like 
if you bring in some of those managers, I think that you think you are going to be competitive next year in whatever your what ambitions you're are. You're giving I off the Arteta, impression that you're ready to challenge versus build something. Right, and I think in okay. getting Arteta is is more of a reset button to me, more of a – okay, what do, what do Arsenal lack the most, I think, is uh, organization and kind of like a focus. I think that, that if you could make them focus and, on, and just you made them all smart, I think that they would be significantly better just overnight. And it's not an overnight task, don't get me wrong, but I think if Arteta's going to be able to do anything, it's going to be it, able to shift that mentality. I think that he will have no problem getting rid of the people that um, – that don't have that uh, and what you know he, and tactically he was bringing things to the table for pep you know and that's mm-hmm. we don't know if he's going to be good but right. it's a, it's a risk worth taking because if he is what some people are saying he could be you know he's, he's pep vouches for him vanger vouch for him obviously those two guys are gonna vouch for him so you have to take it with a great assault but mm-hmm. those are all-time managers right and so if this if they think that this guy's got a shot what what do Arsenal have to lose at this point? I mean, I think he's a better option than those those names that I mentioned. I think he's a better option than uh, than Vieira would have been. Uh, I I think that that's one that he's doing okay where wherever he is. But I think yeah. that the ceiling for Arteta is is high enough, and your current status quo is low enough. It's worth the shot. Yeah, the optimism's there. Yeah. It's obviously it's obviously a little different when you're in the hot seat when you're the head coach. You know, it's one thing to be vouched for, and then you step into the spotlight as your first time doing it and sometimes it plays out differently but i agree i think it's a shrewd appointment and i think your your articulation of making the making the statement that you're you're there to build something and it's fresh yeah. and it's new and it's a bit of a gamble um i think that bodes well and you would have had the uh, the matchup of the the two new managers this weekend but i think a big dunks in for one more they're both they d- both are it's both uh Ancelotti and um, I already forgot my damn manager's name. Uh, Arteta That's are going to be chill, chilling up in a chilling up in a box together. They're going to be watching the game in the box. Well, well, you Lundberg and, and Dunk just duke it out, battle it out for the final win. You know that's going to be. I got a feeling that game is going to have some fireworks. Yeah, can't wait. That'll be East Coast time for me, so I'm in. Four uh, two four, baby. Know, yeah, Dunk's dusting off the old sweatband. Oh man, I hope Bloomberg st- has red hair. I hope he comes out with red hair. Comes out with a mohawk. Yeah. Holy hell, party That'd city. Be something. Yeah, Coming but I'm I'm, I'm 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 excited for Arteta. I hope that as Arsenal fans, we give we recognize how shit we are and give him. Don't even begin to look at him until next year. You know, just kind of hope for signs him. of positive. Give him a break. I'm hoping we we see a, a squad shift in January, and I hope it's. Um, I hope it sends a message because I think Arsenal need a, a shock to the system. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Let's – yeah, send some messages. Don't even worry about the table. Right. Yeah. You got Ollie enough said, kids that want it. You really Ollie do. he said forget about the table and he got torched <laughs> by the English media. Yeah, I mean you can't Doesn't say that. care about the table. But, like, <laughs> I agree with, every, like, the entire sentiment behind it. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you can't say it. Sorry he's not Frank. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't grow up a A-list student. <laughs> All right, uh, that's enough. That's enough. I, I could yeah. tell I was, uh, you know, giving Arsenal a little bit too much time in the spotlight for your liking. Oh, it's, it's fine. You know, is yeah, what no, it is. It's, it's just, fine, it's man, just it's like, 
it's just like whatever you know there's i've gotten past the point of being like upset or expecting anything so now i'm back in the full-on optimism. that was the saddest part about last weekend yeah when i when i noticed that reflected in you anyway let's move it on greener pastures um we told ourselves type 45 so wolves and spurs uh quick note here it's starting to seem like Mourinho over Pochettino is paying off the way yeah. he's kind of the, he, he is the anti Spurs. And that's why I feel like the yin and yang of this team and manager is so interesting. Cause he just got a gross win at wolves, which we know how hard it is to do. Um, and uh, it, that just feels like the most anti Spurs thing where you, you win a game that you don't deserve to win. Yeah. And I, I think that there, it could be the boost, right? It could be that new manager boost. But they definitely have a shot of shot of life, you know, not just the the Delhi stuff, but um, they're playing with a little bit more pep. They're playing with a little bit more energy, and we know that they have the quality. They made the the damn Champions League final last year, right? You know, they're not they're not a shit team, but In they're the, words, the immortal worlds words of TLC. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Right. Well said, James. Well said. That was worth it. That was worth interrupting me for that. Um, <laughs> Just blatantly rip off another guy's joke to interrupt your segment. Gotcha. I got you, fam. I'm a peacock man. You gotta let me fly. <clears throat> but they, um, they're 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 a good team, and just getting them in there, I think was enough to give them a boost. We'll see if they're they're through into the um, into the Champions League second round. They got a a brutal draw, didn't they? I'm trying to remember uh, who they got. So Spurs is gonna go up against in the Champions League uh, momentarily they will be facing in a short span of time uh, oh Leipzig no they got they got a favorable one Uh, City drew Real Madrid oh that's nice and Liverpool got Atletico yep and then Tottenham Um, or not in Tottenham Chelsea got Bayern yeah that's right oh uh, Bayern quick men of culture uh, intersect Uh, Bayern posted on Twitter like their muted words on their muted words that they just won't show up on their feed and it's like Didier Drogba like 2012 <laughs> like just like crossing um, out all the all the Chelsea roasts that's too good but yeah, uh, good matchups yeah. in the Champions League but uh first time ever in the Champions League that um only the big five leagues were represented in the knockout stage is that true it is there's always been an odd duck outsider yeah like Shakhtar Doncic Shakhtar Donetsk loves a good round of 16 knockout. Yeah. They Porto. Stake their, they stake their claim on it. Yeah, Porto. That's Benfica a good one. could get in there. Um, yeah. Well, I want to talk to you past Spurs and Wolves. A little bit of Chelsea. Our dear, dear friends Chelsea, who are trying so hard to reenact who wants to finish in the top four. They feel yeah. United's hot breath on the back. Shout out. Lampard's Shout out neck. Chelsea for keeping this podcast alive. We thought yeah. there was just we thought there was going to be a divide, uh, but no. Frank delivered, man. Frank delivered big for us. Shout mm-hmm. out Frank. Mm-hmm. It's like the the high five, the strong man high five. It's like don't want to talk about United, don't want to talk about Arsenal, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like Carl keeps asking us to talk about Chelsea, and then they lose. We're well, yeah, we never it. choose the games they win. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we got you, man. No, we gave, uh, we gave them. We were giving them some props when they were doing so, well, but we so were that goal, the regression. <laughs> oh, the goal! So that goal was gross. <laughs> like, I watched the I looping offsides cleared off the line, reviewed by VAR. It was 
I needed that for my soul. And I'm sorry, Carl. I'm sorry, Miguel. I'm sorry, all you Chelsea fans. That is a cruel way to lose a game. It's a cruel way to concede a goal, I think, in the 85th minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. And But I haven't experienced joy watching football in a while, and that gave me a lot of it. So um, Now you know why I want to see every Arsenal game with you. Just every single one. Sign me yeah. up. Watford yeah. away at 4.30 a.m.? Yes. Yeah, dude, you came over for the – the uh, the North London Derby last year. It was a 4.30 a.m. game. You, That's sleep, how you through, sleep through most of the game, and then Aubameyang <laughs> gets a penalty saved, and you just go, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know you were awake, but you still have, you still were, you had the wherewithal to Oh, I wasn't awake. Me. I wasn't awake. It was a sense. <laughs> it was a sense, my friend. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Yeah, that was back when you still had vigor, you know? It was yeah. a it was a wet duck watch this past weekend, but like yeah. any team is to Arsenal. That was fucking pathetic. That game, though. <laughs> it was. That's what that game was. It was it fucking was. pathetic. It was. Well, like any team is to Arsenal, Bournemouth is definitely Chelsea's banana peel. Are they really? Do they lose to them every time? Yeah, Bournemouth has gone to Stamford Bridge a couple times in the past. Not only just gotten a result, but gotten a win, and um, it. They just seem like one of those solidified teams under Eddie Howe, who, you know, if it wasn't going to be Arteta, I actually would have really loved Eddie Howe to get a shout at, um, yeah, at the very least Everton or or maybe even Arsenal. Yeah, I think we'll 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 see him get that nod um, at some point. But I, I was just going to say that I didn't. I thought Bournemouth was going to be higher in the table. They must have been having a tough go. They've lost. Yeah. They lost before this game. They have sneaky. They have sneaky bad runs, and then they beat like a big team to get to kickstart their season again. Right, and so they they had a four game losing streak. So it's a huge win, and now they're mm-hmm. only four points clear of the relegation zone. So that was a massive, massive win for Bournemouth at about the midway point. I think that there's still enough teams that are a step below Bournemouth that they're not really in any relegation danger. But still, yeah. you you want to write those ships and to do it against a big side. That's that's big. Hmm. Hondo P. Was there anything you wanted to say on Chelsea going into January or Frank? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really got much to say on Frank. Um, I think he's Other doing a. His, I think uh, he's hairline. doing a, Yeah, yeah. Well, he'll get the Michael Scott plugs like in season three, so he'll be good. <laughs> but get Frank, that crazy, um, stupid love money. Yeah, I mean, I think we were we were talking about this, and I think part of it as the season got on, we were starting to get a little bit more fearful that it wasn't going to happen because of how good Chelsea's farms was. But with the lack of the transfer window. Injuries were going to happen. The fact that they were in the Champions League, and credit to them for advancing. I didn't think they were going to do that. But they were in the Champions League. They're playing first-teamers a lot. They were going to run out of gas. And December's a brutal, brutal time when you're in European football, when you're in the FA Cup. Very cool. When you're Very in cool. the league. Right. And it, it, you're going to run out of gas. And so this was a little bit to be expected. The second half of the season, let's let's see Chelsea's stamina. Again, I don't think – Top six finish is a bad result from Chelsea this season. I mm-hmm. think they'd feel a little bit disappointed f- because of how well they started. How well, yeah. But, you know, it, going into the season, I think Europa League the year after, not a bad shout. Uh, we'll see what they do in January. I would be shocked if they don't uh, sp- spend at least $100 million. Feels like Zaha's top of their list. Uh, that That's an interesting likelier one. And likelier. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Kind of puts Hudson Odoi back out on the fringes. Yeah, Mister Former Bayern Munich. You predicted this. You predicted that they'd get money and then they would buy people that would displace their youngsters who were performing well, and then neither would work out. Although uh, I will say, of those youngsters, it seems like Hudson Odoi is the one who's not really uh, delivering, which is interesting because he was making such a stink, and I kind of stood up for him. 
Yeah. I think it was one of those things where I saw him come on as a sub against like Oxford United in the League Cup, and he like cuts inside on two players and curls one in, and I'm like, the new Ronaldo. Right. He's here. Yeah. I well, yeah, he's still he's definitely a talented lad, and he's coming off an injury, so I mean, I'm I'm willing to give him time, but yeah, he's gonna have to compete because of, I mean, even though they've had a little rough run of form, but Mount's shown good form this year. Williams shown good form this What's year, that? and he Mount? has the what? credential. Hmm? What'd you say about yeah. Mount? He's shown good form this year. I th- oh, still okay. think he's trash. He missed a he missed a sitter. Form is Not temporary. Sitter, trash is permanent. Yeah, he missed a yeah. Form is temporary. Trash is permanent. That's great. Y'all always uh, getting trash. Yeah, well, no, he missed a, a surefire goal this week. Um, and he and Pulisic had a good run of form. My point is Williams in there. It's in in, in the way, way Abraham's playing. You know, Giroud's going to leave, and so there's yeah, it's 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 what you want though as a team. You want a player like uh, Hudson Odoi to have to work for his place in the team, and if he's not right. good enough, he's not good enough, and that's is what it is. And I don't think Zaha would be a bad addition to to Chelsea. I mean, the no, guy's not a bad addition to any team. Yeah, he's Dude's still baller. he leads the league in like people taking on and players pass or those those dribbling stats. He's still one of the most ambitious players in the league. Right, uh, playing for Crystal Palace, so right, get him a little support, a little bit more space. I think he could do wonders at a bigger club. Yeah, well said. Um, all right, games of the week in the books. Should we shift it to the segments? Patrick, Please, I got a James, freak I'm of the week ready. for you. You got a freak for me? I got a freak. Hit me. He goes, he goes by the name of Paul Pogba. Ooh. And apparently he's got the flu. And when people asked him how long it'll keep him sidelined, his, uh, his team of staff said, uh, when does the transfer window open? That's how long the flu will last. Did they really say that? No, but oh. uh, it definitely felt that way. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, well, I saw him yeah. dancing just fine at his brother's wedding. Well, that's the thing. It, it, when when your team is is struggling to a draw at home to Everton because they can't find a killer pass, and then you've got a dude who says he's got the flu, just dancing some kind of crazy dance at a wedding, uh, it, it just hurts to see. Although that wedding looked lit, and I would have liked a plus one. It looked like so much fun. What say we reenact that at yours and Katie's wedding? Yes? No? How, how do you feel? I mean, we could try. It's just going to look horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Teach their own. We'll see. Well, why not? Why not send it? <laughs> We've got a lot of time to prepare. Yeah. We'll get Andy involved. Uh, well, yeah. So the freak of the week is Paul Pogba. Uh, it seems more and more unlikely that he's going to play for United again. Um, I just hope this standoff ends with a positive and amicable split. I would yeah. love I would love nothing more than for him to come back into the team and play, but um, I don't know. It just seems like his heart's in a different place. Yeah, it seems like it's time, and I think that you know, for all of it, United is United is playing hard. You know, there's mm-hmm. not it's not always working, but they're playing hard. I, I will say my mentality. I, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. The last thing I want to say is um, my mentality's kind of shifted from. We can't lose Pogba. We got to get him on side. He's got to play. He's our best player, which is still true. But now I'm a hundred percent in the mindset of he doesn't want to be here. Sell him for a high fee still, um, you know, while he's still got that value to him, and then just invest it in someone who really does want to be there. And I'm cool right. with that. Yeah, I mean, there's even if you're not in like on the the Sancho sweepstakes or you know something like you you could you could make a pretty strong appeal to a Kai Havertz, Bruno Fernandez. I think Kai Havertz is a it's. Is, mm-hmm. is going to be a name that that people will come to learn in the next mm-hmm. in the next year or two. I think he's going to sh- make a splash in the Euro. If you know, uh, you know. FIFA twenty, right? <laughs> yeah, tearing up at Leverkusen. Uh, he's incredible talent. Um, 
but yeah, no, my, 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 my point is, yeah, I think you, you can, you can get people to fit the mentality that will improve those areas where right now you have people who are mostly mentality, um, and not as much competency, like a Pereira, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. He's got every, he's got the desire, but he just, I don't think he's really got everything together. Or, Boy, tries or, real hard. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, Juan Mata doesn't have to be your inspiration off the bench. You know, there's, you can make this team better still in a building mode. You know, you don't need that stud yet. You don't need that guy to mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, I don't even think that Holland dude's all that, to be honest, but um, he'd be a pretty good big get for you guys, I think. Yeah. He's like, if there was an albino Elmo with no fur. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what you got there. Yeah, I, think uh, he's, I just think he's too big. He could also be a freak. No, come to think of it, he could be a freak. A physical freak. Yeah. Yeah, freak of nature, not of the week. Right. Do you have a freak Fre- of the week? I oh, do. Sorry. My um, James, I've been going back and forth on this. I knew this incident was going to get my freak of the week. Okay. But my freak of the week is going to Moise Keane. Ooh, yeah, I'm glad this is I, coming up. I He's taking, wait, what? Wait, yeah, hang on. Take, He's your freak. I'm taking Duncan Ferguson side. Oh Here's boy. why. Okay. You are playing Liverpool. You're in the the wait, wait not Liverpool, no, sorry. Yeah, Wrong well, game. Well, Who are they, they playing? Were, they, were, they were playing United. United. You're playing United. You're playing at Old Trafford. Correct. Trying to hold on to a draw. You were sent out to do a job for 15 minutes, and you're jogging around the pitch, you're not in the right place, and you're taking away from what the team is trying to accomplish. And you have – that is your second game under that manager. Mm. You are not giving it – you're not trying at all. And you've only been at the club for three months. I need And to, Duncan Ferguson yeah. took him off, sent a clear message, and I think if, if, um, if I'm an Everton fan – I'm applauding Duncan Ferguson because he ripped the Band-Aid on what was a huge swing and a miss in the transfer market for Everton and Moise Keane. And I expect him to be gone in January. He's my freak of the week this week. Yeah. I was I was reading up that uh, Moise Keane wasn't even on their transfer targets. Uh, Mo, Mo here, Mo, I can't get his name right. The owner of Everton just showed up one day as like, here's your player. And they like hadn't scouted him. They're just like, here's Moise Keane. It's like they Jesus. haven't figured out how he worked in the system. But um, I disagree. I think I need to see the tape. I need I need like a sky cam that just focuses in, focuses in on Moise Keane and what he did in those few minutes he was actually on the pitch. Here's where I draw the line. If you want to sub off a sub, which I guess is a little taboo, maybe more so than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But if you want to sub off, off a sub, that's fine. I just don't like how he did not talk to him, did not pull him aside. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like you want to show that you're a United team, and if if you can't ship him out, he's going to be an important player, at least to have on the squad, and he just sends him down the tunnel. He's a teenager, and I just feel like you're, when you have that fragile of a mind state, um, it's tough to come back from. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, you know, I, I don't, it's it's not Duncan Ferguson's team anymore, but... I think he was. I think he was trying to send a message and saying, if you don't have that mindset, you have no business being here. Right. And if that's if Everton want to kind of get back into that discussion of being one of those better teams in the Premier League, where they were, you know, they were in the discussion for the you know the, the top four and then the top six, and now they're in the discussion for top ten, right? You know, they if they want to get back to that level, uh, they do need a shift in mindset. And 
maybe was harsh, but I don't think it was unfair given what I've read about kind of the situation that went around with Keen and the fact that he just mm. he was given yeah, instructions yeah. and did nothing. And he shows up late to practice and stuff. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, interesting. All right. Yeah, uh, I I do agree with you though. Not not at least like at least yell at him. Like not even look at him. Yeah. Like if you're gonna just even if you like lit him up, that would have been better. You don't need to like shake his hand, but you light know. him up. Oh, I don't know. That would be better than you're ignoring saying him. Any acknowledgement is better than ignoring. Like if he was like, "What the hell were you doing out there?" And then you, they, they hash it out on the on the sideline. That's not good, but I think it's better than ignoring him. Like ignoring pep, him is like, like a Pep and Aguero. Yeah, hash it out, hash it out like passionate men. Right, right. Like yeah, just like try to come to a uh, like actually address the situation. Right. It's, it was a passive aggressive substitution, I think. Yeah, it was for sure. Which that's not Dunk's mo. It was very yeah. very bizarre. Boys um, didn't want that smoke though. Mm-hmm. He walked straight down the tunnel. The first thing, yeah, no, he was done. The first thing Dunk said in his uh, post match was, "Well, we had fresh legs on the bench and we wanted to get him on," which it's is fucking like hilarious. Yes, that's a, that's a total like yes, but. <laughs> like, you're not wrong, Duncan. <laughs> uh, men of culture, I just have one. It's the Syria anti-racism monkey posters. You mean and, the racism monkey posters? Yes. And I, I let me separate some things out here. The situation is incredibly disturbing and, and sad. Um, yes. And the fact that it's 2019 and this is happening. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say just the, the, the anti-presence of mind and just how clueless they are is a little funny. Well, yeah, they, they – Look, Jane, yeah, here's my, my trivia question for you. If you're going to make an anti-racism poster, um, what's what? the one animal you don't put on it? <laughs> oh, my God. These guys are so stupid. And that but is they, the shocking part about it, where you're, you're almost uh, forced to make a statement. Uh, like the chief the chief of the Syria came out after this was revealed, and he said, uh, you know, apologies, blah, blah, blah. I realized it was a mistake. And it's like, at what point did you realize it was a mistake? When you showed it to other people and they didn't like it? Yeah. Or, but but the thing is, they, the, I mean, they, it's it's just, I don't want to have a go at a whole, whole culture, but it seems like it's something that's ingrained in the culture from these ultra, these ultras to the, uh, and, and the artist was getting a lot of like undue abuse. Like he just draws monkeys and maybe like, <laughs> like if you go to his, if you go to his Instagram, if you go to his Instagram, he just draws monkeys. Like and this he guy just he's probably dra- got a fat paycheck from Syria and was like, yeah, it was probably some yeah, Syria bigwig big was like, give me the best monkey drawer in all of Italy. And then somebody found him and then he got a job. But he was like, oh, this was the worst <laughs> part is they asked him was like, do you get like why this was bad? Right. They were trying to like say, like, would you acknowledge that you made a mistake? And he goes, no, no, no. I was trying to show that we're all the same. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, you're all the same. And he's like, see, I made the. um like the the white person's eyes the white person monkey's eyes blue like the 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 um asian ones brown and i just left the 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 one for the black people it was literally oh. what he said oh boy it, it's it's <laughs> it's just like there it's in like it seems like he was like he thought he was doing the right thing so it's just like it's so it, it's but it's so pervasive and it's really, really bad. Yeah, the lack of understanding the is, ult- is the yeah. scary part. Yeah, for sure. 
it helps paint a little bit of context. It's not good, but it's 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 just it's a huge fucking cultural barrier that we have to get mm-hmm. past with some of this Italian support. And of course, it's not everybody in Italy, but it right. seems to pop up there a lot. And these it, and you don't go to an away fan, uh, like you don't go to a Napoli game as a Liverpool fan. Like they got four of them like sent to the hospital. Right. You know, Italy's yeah. a problem with this. Yeah. No, it completely. And uh, obviously, it's easy to make them the pinup, uh, the pinup poster child of of all the uh negative sentiment that's been going around in the europe european leagues but let's not forget this is this is creeping out of the pores of english football you know Mm -hmm. it it it, i don't remember this being an issue growing up as much as it is right now in 2019 and i think i don't know let's not get let's not get political but it's crazy that it's it's almost swinging back on the pendulum and re-emerging versus gradually going away which is what we thought was happening um the the yeah. FA was giving out five match um, five match I don't know not bans but like fan bans like if there was ra- racist acts the FA was giving out five game bans and that's that's a way to sniff it out real quick if it starts hurting mm-hmm. the bottom line of the mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of the owners they just need to be and, bold enough to make those choices yeah um, I I want to say one more thing on it which I thought was kind of amusing uh, they revealed these posters at what I imagine was a very disturbing launch event. <laughs> For, oh. for all parties involved at a at uh, San Siro AC Milan and AC Milan when when they saw them and they got released with the negative uh, the press surrounding it this was their statement they go art can be powerful but we strongly disagree with the use of monkeys as images in the fight against racism uh, duh and we were surprised by the total lack of con- uh, we were surprised by the total lack of consultation <laughs> Like, that is so good. It's like not coming to a meeting prepared and being like, oh, I hope the work was good. I haven't looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they take the veil off the work and it's like, oh, fuck. It's like, you're do- yeah, you're doing the presentation in class having never seen the slides. Yeah, I didn't look at my boy's slides. I hope they're legit. <laughs> it's like, you oh, no, nope, you, uh... you used monkeys for an anti-racism campaign. Got it. <laughs> Oh my god, what a fucking disaster. Should we move along? Yeah. Alright, let's get into trivia, which uh, is pretty apropos this week, because it bleeds into our of the decade conversation. That's a little teaser for you, because after this we'll do team of the decade, and I know you're already scrambling mentally to think of some decade facts. I really am. Alright, well this one is pretty simple, and I think you can get it. And that's just... uh, me teeing you up for some embarrassment yeah that's that's really unfair no it no it you should get this okay i'd be shocked if you didn't get this in the 2010s not the 20 aughts the 2010s uh there were some great players in the premier league who was the top goal scorer in the premier league of this decade um Probably Aguero. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Sergio Aguero uh, by 40 goals. Wow. I thought was Kane second? Kane is second with 130. Aguero has 173. Kane has 134. I thought Kane would have been maybe like 10, 15 goals off. That's wild. Well, Aguero, Aguero was on the scene, I think, 2011. 
yeah. maybe 2010, 2011, and Kane. He scored the goal in 2012, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks. And I think Kane came onto the scene 2014, so I think he, it was just like a couple couple years difference. Man, um, yeah, Aguero really timed that decade out well. Yeah, no, he 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 was the, uh, I mean, Smart. as you'll see Smart. in my team of the decade, he's the striker of the decade. Uh, Kane is a pretty clear second, and then the pack kind of settles out at a little over 100. Can you give me, for bonus points, third most goals this decade? Third, third in the decade. Okay. Of the decade. Yes, I mean, I the decade. Ke- yeah, I'm just trying. I'm, just, I'm thinking. I'll walk you through it so it makes it at least a little interesting. Um, I don't think Sal has been doing it long enough to be up there. I'd put okay. Hazard above him. Okay. I would think there's a there's a shot that Suarez had it, and then I would think Hazard had more than Suarez, though. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think I'm going Hazard. You're going Eden Hazard. Yeah. Ah, it was Wayne Rooney. Oh wow, the Roonster. Oh, I mean, yeah, he must. He fucking lit it up to start the decade. He did. He did. Uh, and then he you, was around until just like 2017. Mm-hmm. 2018. Yes, sir. So Hazard, uh, under 100, only 85 Premier League goals. Oh. Wayne Rooney, 114. Suarez on that list? Uh, Luis Suarez is not even on the list. He oh, was wow. not really – I think he had three seasons, four maybe with Liverpool. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's right. You got to yeah. think but about – But he had like, like a 30-goal season in there though. So, I mean, let me put it this way. Uh, Olivier Giroud has 78. And uh, he's he's the next one down from Eden Hazard just because he's been around. <laughs> yeah. Lukaku left a goal before equaling Rooney. Coward. <laughs> smart, right. smart. Smart. That was a good smart. trivia. Stonks. Team of the decade. Pat, I think we went about this in two completely different ways. Yeah. But we both used BBC, right? Correct. Okay. Although, yeah, I, I I would be curious if you picked a player who wasn't in their, like, auto pool. But uh, for me, the interesting thing was you got to be careful about who had their best years in the 10s versus the aughts, you know? Like, there were lots of players who kind of carried over from the late 2000s and the early 2010s, and I'm like, what's the consideration here? Yeah. Also, well, yeah. Are, you, are you caring about a formation? Um. Yeah, I think that mine's a decent formation, and everybody that I am, every position is played, like that person has played that position. Might not be their primary position. But Love they have that criteria. Played. Yeah. Yeah. I Kyle Walker not throw, has like, played in goal. <laughs> <laughs> I went with a classic 4 4 2. Ooh. I mean, owed, yeah, owed to an era. Right. Can Continue. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was going to tell the people, um, go on. James and I are going to post ours, BBC links. Go on BBC, DM us, your team of the decade. We're going to pick the best one, and that best one will win an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Are, yeah. Highly coveted. Should we do this by uh, – should we do like a, a call and response, or should I do my whole team first? Let's do call and response. Okay. So goalkeeper yeah. – I went with Petr Cech. That is insulting. David De Gea. Okay. Helmethead won, won everything. What's up? Helmethead won everything. 
Yeah, he did. But this is this is exactly what I'm talking about in the 2000s versus the 10s. I think oh, can we prime... can we talk about how we picked our teams? I think that would help the people understand the context here. Yeah, I kind of got into that with like when were their best years, and then like how much am I factoring in the position that they're actually playing? Oh, well, then I guess I meant um, my team of the decade. I was chosen with my heart. Went on BBC and just <laughs> picked, who, picked who I thought was the best in the decade, and you're about to see it. All right. Great. Yeah, Petr Cech. Okay. I think he won everything, and I'm pretty sure he won everything in the eh, – he didn't win the Champions League. Eh. Yeah, he's won the Champions League. De Gea hasn't. But I think we, De Gea is a great representation of start-to-finished f- start product. You know, he was relatively unknown when he came in and then turned into the best goalkeeper in this decade. And I think Czech has almost gone the opposite direction. Well, yeah. I mean, they're two guys on opposite ends of their right. career, but Petr Cech played hey, pretty much the whole the decade and, you know, five, six, seven years of that decade at, at a high level. Yeah. Uh, All right. Who's next? So, we did we both do four in the back? Do you want to snake draft it? Should I do my right back and you do yours and then you do a center? Yeah, yeah. Who's, okay. your, who's your right back? Uh, going against my bias, I'm going with Trent Alexander-Arnold. It might wow. be a, it might be a little recency bias. I truly think he's the best right back this decade has seen, with what he contributes to passing and assisting as well as defending. Oh, I don't doubt his quality. Um, but yeah, for for me, a two year player can't be player of the decade. Um, huh. that's why I went with Cesar Aspilicueta <laughs> at right back. Yeah, okay. Ma- I, yeah, I don't hate that. He's yeah. been a servant. That little wombat has been, you know, doing everything at Chelsea, and now he's, uh, now he's the captain. I think deservedly so. Hate mm-hmm. seeing his little face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a hate selection. Uh, my first center back, Vincent Company. That is also my first center okay. back. I think All he's right. the. We only... finally got one to line up. I mean, I th- he's is a he a, he's is a no he a lock? He's he's no croc. No, he's a he's a classic, classic lock. Yeah, I mean he. Uh, he is the the 2010s defender. Uh, my other one, this might be a little controversial and also biased. I'm going with my boy, Nemanja Vidic. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the only way that I would say that that is – I mean, he, he played four seasons, I think, right? He went to Milan in 2013, 2014, the same year as Ferguson left, right? Yeah, so this completely goes against my argument yeah. in favor of Dan. Yeah. He is, he's but you've got to let me. You've got to let me rock with this one. It's an emotional no, he's, choice. He is my. Um, he's my favorite. Favorite. Um, he, he's in my like all time eleven like yeah. favorite players. Uh, he is, I think, one of the best, if not the best, center back I've ever seen. The man had just complete disregard for his own safety. It was a joy <laughs> no to watch. Human life. Yeah, um, there's there's a really great highlight reel of like Nemanja Vidic defending. And they're all arguably arguably fouls, <laughs> but yeah. it's like, but it's like, oh, you didn't get caught. That's some pretty sick defending. No one, no one embodied the idiom of you can let the player or the ball get past you, but not both better than the Mandramatic or Mandravitic. Excuse me. Go uh, through the man, take the ball. It's clean. Yeah, the old, uh, or or do the Mustafi and hack the guy in the leg, and once the ball goes a different direction, just point at it and hope the ref <laughs> buys it. But I'm gonna go. Um, in a similar vein, but different player, I'm going with John Terry for my second center back. If I was not biased, that would be who my other center back would be. Yeah, and yeah. I think it goes without saying that um, just absolute saint of a human being was a stalwart oh, in one of the one of the better defensive sides in the 
2010s. You never sleep with another player's wife, Patrick. You it's never sleep with a teammate's wife. It's disgusting. You don't do it. Ugh, he makes me sick. But this isn't a morality <laughs> contest. No, you're you're damn right. It's a team of the decade, and my left back in the team of the decade, none other than Mr. Instagram himself, Patrice Everett. Yeah, I knew you were gonna do that. Yeah. Um, that's another one. He well, I guess he probably played like five years, right? He played a couple yeah, years. No, he, he stuck so. around for longer, and I actually think he's deserving of this. This one feels less biased for me. It feels less biased. I went a different direction. I went with Leighton Baines. Jesus Christ. A left back that could whip a ball anywhere <laughs> he wanted. Free kicks on the cross. The no. guy was a sh- he could shoot. He could no. defend. He did everything for Everton. No. Oh. Yeah, dude, the captain oh, of Everton. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. He, he oversaw their demise, but he's still my left back of the decade. Still doing it. One club man. I don't know this to be true, but I would guess that he played in every year of that decade for Everton at that position. That is fair it's an interesting take with with the wealth of options out there but all right i didn't think it was a wealth of options i thought it was a it was a it was an open field where somebody who played a good long game could Hmm. win you know i didn't think that there was anyone that was really calling my name yeah i guess when you think about it it's interesting of those title winning teams for for you i think the competitor there is you're going with baines over ever i think that's interesting but i guess with city you think about like okay was it color uh with Chelsea was it Alonzo are we talking uh not Ivanovic he was a right back right uh, I'm definitely blanking on a few but Baines I is interesting. played out there a couple I times. was a left back at certain times yeah okay. yeah I don't really recall all right well let's just keep I was cruising. thinking I was thinking him. Ashley Cole but I think he was a little he was a little older yeah, he, he was, was invincible he was 2000 yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. uh okay midfield I went 4-3-3 by the way so I don't have a right midfielder and a left midfielder. Okay. Well, you well. Why don't do you want to do call and response, but do the whole midfield? Yeah, I'll go first since I got one more in there, okay. and then you can go first on the front three. Uh, so left mid, left okay. mid. We're gonna kind of do snake style in the actual formation as well. Uh, Eden Hazard, um, not playing him as a winger, but that just kind of suits the formation how okay. I have it set out. Uh, but he's a midfielder. He was by my money the best player in the Premier League until he left. Uh, going back to the, when he started, I don't think it was long before he became that player, uh, truthfully. Uh, and and I, I, I don't know. He's yeah. just a joy to watch. Yeah, yeah. No, no, one, no arguments No yeah. arguments from me. Uh, I'll, I'll skip ahead to this. He's, he's one of my wingers in my front three. So. All right. Yeah. yeah, I figured he would be. Yeah. I think he's another one that's, that's a pretty, pretty easy lock. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. All right, is it my turn, or are you going to keep going? Yeah, yeah, you, you go. Okay, my three center mids. first center mid is an emotional choice for me. Non-United, but just what he represented on that Leicester team and then did it again at Chelsea in Golo Conte. Back-to-back Premier League title winner. He's the linchpin in my midfield. He represented that amazing team and then went on to be who I think is the best holding midfielder in the world. I almost entirely agree with that statement, and he is also in my team as well, uh, and also won a World Cup in there. So, right. I mean, he's yeah, incredible decade winner. for N'Golo Conte. Yeah. yeah. Uh, never celebrates a goal because he thinks it's being a little too flashy. They had to bring him the World Cup <laughs> trophy because he didn't want to take it from anybody. Oh, jeez. 
What a guy. I forget who it was, but it, it might have been – maybe it was Sissoko or somebody who, like, literally took it from somebody else and gave it to Conte because Conte just wouldn't take it from somebody. He, wasn't, I, he, he did – oh, he's – he he's the most likable player in the prem for me. Oh, without a doubt. When I when I settle down one day and I've just got like a row of portraits and pictures above my mantel place, I just want a framed picture of Ingolo Conte. Just smiling. That'd yeah, be just so smiling. good. Just smiling. Like from the training ground. What's the relation? Yeah. Uh, little yeah. to none. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like that guy. All right. Uh your turn or my turn? Uh I'll go since we okay. both had Conte. Okay. Um in my so Conte and Kevin De Bruyne are in my center midfield. Yep, agreed. Um, same same here. No complaint from me. I think he's – I said it earlier on the show. I think he's the best player in the league. I think he's – I, I don't know if he'll ever get the blown to or, but I think that he needs to be more considered as the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. I think he can impact a game like very few people can, and he does it so, so consistently. Mm-hmm. He's, I, he's, yeah. he's amazing. I would like someone to try and argue De Bruyne out of the team. Maybe recency bias, right? Because it wasn't. He's only been there like three, four years. But then he was at Chelsea a couple years, and he was out of the. Yeah, definitely the second half of the decade. But um, you know, he's he's won, and uh, you know, that's true. That's I'm gonna have that's, a that's I'm gonna have a surprise exclusion for someone who hasn't won. But this might give it away. My third and final midfielder is Frank Lampard. You know, obviously a mm. Premier League legend, um, who has won things both on the. Uh, Premier League title side and the uh, Champions League side this this uh, decade, as opposed to Steven Gerrard, who has not won anything this decade and has slipped his team away from a title. So I don't think he gets anywhere near this team of the decade. That is, my I think fun. if you're choosing between the two, I'd absolutely agree. But um, neither of them are in my team. Ooh. Rounding it out wow. with, on the right mid. No respect for the two legends of the game. I, they're too old. They're too old for me. Okay, all right. They're too old for me. I'm going David Silva is my my fourth midfielder, uh, more traditionally a center midfielder, but he has played out on the right, and uh, he's another one of those. Um, he, he's we're not done with it, but he's another one of those those linchpins to City's success in this decade. Um, four titles, I believe, for City in this decade. Mm-hmm. He was part of all four of them. Why do I why do I get the feeling if you didn't hate yourself, you'd be a City fan? Um. <laughs> no, no. I have, I have, I have a code of ethics. I don't think I could have been a city fan when I was looking into it. My brother's not the same, but I am. There's oil in them hills. <laughs> <laughs> they're fun to watch. I think yeah. they're objectively fun to watch. All right, uh, I mean, I think that's Pep. Fair. Um, well, I've only got yeah, that's two, my midfield. I've only got two players left. So, okay, so that's your midfield. We've done my midfield: Lampard, Conte, KDB. Hazard, you know, is in my front three. I've got two left. Do you want to go with your first uh, striker? Yeah, I'll go with the one I think you're going to have as well, and it's Aguero. Correct. Guy yep. scored the most goals by a larger delta than I thought. Uh, as but, we have thus established. Right. Scored the, I'd say, the biggest goal in city history mm-hmm. to win them that title. Four titles. And, uh, just He's a... He's, uh, with David Silva and company, I was I was teasing it, but those three, you know, that's that's the, that those those three are legends in yeah. in on that side of Manchester. So uh, yeah. all three of them in this decade as well, and a, a tremendous decade for City as a whole. Yeah. Well, uh, hit me with your last one. It's four four two, so I'm putting Kane right next to him. 
Okay. I want to I want to get after it with those two. Those top goal scorers cannot yeah. argue that. Personally, I I had to put Rooney in there. I, you know, it's been a while since my bias crept in because I let it, I left it out of the midfield and uh, up to this point I've left it out of the attack. But it's not a team of the decade without Waza in there for me. It's the uh, the bicycle kick. He won it in 2011. He won it in 2013. That pass to Robin Van Persie against Aston Villa to seal it. Uh, and he's he's always going to be in my heart. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't. I can't fight you on that either. Well, there it is, folks. Uh, let's get your picks in the mix, and we will share our favorite in a, uh, a very, very accoladed Instagram post where we have a legitimate number of followers. Yes. Somewhere in the 900s. Yes. And just don't click follow. on any of the profiles. Uh, moving along. Oh, we didn't. Yeah. We haven't done this yet. Real quick, just because I know we want to get to the district of the degenerates that everyone's waiting for. Hit me with your goal of the week. Oh, it's uh, De Bruyne's first against Arsenal. Yeah. I, uh, it, it was, it, it's just the coolness, the composure, the technique. Oh, I can, I can watch this guy play forever, man. He is so freaking good. It was the perfect, I, I'm a head out goal. Cause it was two minutes in. I just, I, we had borderline just, uh, you know, gotten set up to watch the game and he just, just connects with that so sweetly and you know he's going to be on his day it was a tough one i on the other it was hand like, okay yeah it's gonna be this type of day okay yeah right exactly uh to be a little contrarian i gotta go to mo's Salah. that is against uh against watford his first one mm. mm-hmm. a little, yeah, a little it, was, yeah. it had a little bit of everything it was it was a dribble it was a cut inside ronaldo-esque little back heel cut inside and then a, a curling shot it's uh i haven't put some respect so on yeah, it was vintage Salah. I haven't put a ton of respect on Liverpool this season just because they're so boring to talk about, and I'm frankly sick to my stomach. <laughs> but uh, this one, I'll give it to Mo. And then with that, Pat, I'll let you uh, I'll let you take us out of here. All right, folks. So the Degenerate District is on a little bit of a downturn, but again, it's the sum of the season we're after. A sexy bet is turning out to be whatever James says he thinks is a better croc than what I say. That bet is on a two streak. Never saw or, a pair of crocs I didn't like. Yeah, it's a it's on a it's on a two week win streak. That type of a bet. So let's see if third time's a charm for some of you. Also, we should put this up on the Instagram as well. I want to know if people actually bet using my advice. Um, we say this every week. Yeah, but I don't know how to use Instagram, James. I'm asking you. I'm, this is a plea. Oh, right. Yeah, no, we've never officially asked it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Okay, no, All I see right. what well, you're that's saying. good enough. Yeah. Well, anyway, my lock last week uh, was Arsenal minus or plus one and a half. Yeesh. That did not go well. Yeesh. Um, I think I'm now 0-3 when locking Arsenal, and I think I have four losses on the season. But I'm going right it back to the, the well, exception. James. No, <laughs> it's I'm the exception right... to the rule. We've established that. I'm going back to the well. I think you're actually going to like this one. I'm taking the over in Arsenal-Everton game. By God. Arsenal-Everton games, three goals at minus 110. I think in Jumberg's last game, Ferguson's last game, these guys are just going to get after it. They're going to throw numbers forward. If these players have any shred of dignity, they're going to be having a ball out there. I expect fireworks. That's my lock of the week, James. What do you think? At least four goals. 
Yeah. Well, you and, push on three. And what you are push the, on three. Okay. What are the odds? Minus 110. Basically, a coin flip. Wow. I, I, I thought that would get better odds. Yeah, I think it's. I think it has a chance to regress. If you want to wait, I think it has a chance to regress down to um, to two and a half, or just take the alternative two and a half line if you want to win on three. Okay, I think that's. I mean, I, I tell you, the reason I say it's a lock is, I mean, I, I, I think the push is like really strong, but I mean, I could see this being a five or six goal game. Interesting. Well, studies have shown you're very good with your locks, except when it comes to Arsenal. Yeah, uh, zero zero incoming, folks. Okay. Uh, my crock this week. <laughs> Is um, I I'm just a little surprised by this line, James. Um, Leicester to outright win at City, plus six fifty. Ooh, yeah, I I, uh, I like that. I think um, the expectation is that the wheels are now falling off for Leicester, but I would argue that the wheels are going to fall off for City. Uh, because they've just lost their assistant manager. There's a little bit of doubt over the club. They're obviously not exactly title contenders right now. So I think that's a that's a sharp bet, and I endorse that croc, Patrick. Mm-hmm. As a croc. All right. Wow. An endorsed croc. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, lost my specimen to ball last week, <laughs> but I have one more for you, James. And here's the thing about the specimen to ball. I look at the lines, and I see... What seems spicy, James? I'm not looking. I'm not forcing it. And this week, nothing seems spicy. So I went over to the future section. And right where I'm crocking, I'm cooking. And this week's spicy mitta ball <laughs> is Lester to win the title is plus 2,500. Yeesh. If they can get That's six That's more points, a statement of Liverpool, I guess, than it is of Lester. Here's what I'm saying. If they can get these six points, those odds until it's clearly Liverpool, are never coming back above 2,000. Right. And if they don't get those points, they can't win the title. So if you want to bet Leicester to win the title, I think now is the time. You're setting yourself up for a devastating degenerate district week. Well, yeah, but at least this one people um, people won't get mad about for a number of months. That's fair. Good way to look at it. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's why that's, that's why we keep you district. around. That is the degenerate district. That's the way Pat sees it, folks. We made it to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next nice week, nice tight we'll forty-five. Be, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's what my clock shows. I don't know about you. <laughs> what is it? Two a.m. Living in bizarro world. <laughs> well, it is a Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week we'll be coast to coast. Are you going to be West Coast or East Coast? I will be um I'll be East Coast. I land ah I believe I land in in New York. I do land in New York. Let me okay, see well I'm that that is a riveting uh line of thought there. Why don't you think on that for a second? I uh, land in New York be- <laughs> ten minutes after the team sheet for Arsenal Everton comes out, I will be oh, just going over my data angry, limits enough time watching for it in the car. Tweet. Yeah, I love it. Well, folks, we will both be broadcasting from the East Coast next game week. Uh, Set your clocks forward three hours so you don't forget. Also, don't forget about New Year's Day. Correct. New Year's Day. Oh, thank you so much for the reminder. The live Instagram. um, We still haven't worked out the technology, whether it's a non-technology or technology. 
YouTube-esque uh, release, we will be live streaming all the pain, the anguish, and the excitement of Arsenal against United on New Year's Day. There are sure to be goals, just as sure as there are to be hangovers. So we will catch you guys on that day. And until next week, on behalf of Patrick, this is James signing off from Dual Prime. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.